You are listening to an OA on Air Extra. Brooklyn Bank's Executive Vice President, Leslie Joannidis Burgos, and Boston Age Commission's Age-Friendly Director, Andrea Burns, join Ann Murphy to talk about elder financial fraud. Welcome to OA on Air. I'm Ann Murphy, and today we're going to talk about elder fraud and a project that Brookline Bank has undertaken with the city of Boston to train all of their branch employees to better serve their older customers. Joining me are Andrea Burns, Director of Age Friendly for Boston Age Strong Commission, and Leslie Joannides Burgos, Executive Vice President overseeing retail banking at Brookline Bank. Welcome. Thanks so much for coming today. I really appreciate it. I think we're going to have a great discussion. Uh, Leslie, the training of all Brookline branch team members on how to better serve elder customers. It was quite an accomplishment, uh, 30 branches and all that. Can you tell us why the bank wanted to include all of the office locations for this training? Sure. So we had one branch that had taken this course a couple of years ago, and they spoke often how rewarding the training experience was for them and really how it made a difference in their interactions with our customers. And I think it was back in either February or March of this year, Andrea had reached out to the West Roxbury branch as they were the only branch in Massachusetts certified to do a presentation on how they assist customers based on their training. And I have to tell you, because of the pandemic, I had heard a number of distressing stories uh, that were shared with me because our team was doing a lot of outreach to our clients at the time. And we decided, you know, it really does make sense for all of our colleagues to go through this training because, you know, especially during the pandemic where a lot of our older customers weren't leaving their house and uh, we were seeing fraud and different things happen. We thought this really makes sense to help them, the team in their communications with the customers. So, Leslie, how many, probably what, uh, several hundred or maybe a hundred people, how many did you train? I believe, Andrea, when we were looking at the numbers, I think it was like 170 colleagues we had go through the training. Exactly, Leslie. Yes. Wow. That's quite a. Which was amazing. Not every uh, business has been able to train all of their front facing staff employees. So, that was a a very uh, significant accomplishment. Well, Andrea, you know, this issue of elder fraud, I mean, it's one that we keep hearing about in the news and also one we all need to pay attention to for ourselves and for our elder friends and relatives. Can, can you give us some examples of elder fraud and, uh, you know, and what we should be looking for? Yeah, so I mean, I think the Brookline Bank is already doing a very good job, uh, mainly because of the deep relationships that they have with their customers. And because so many older adults are still patronizing brick and mortar businesses, I think the Brookline Bank is very well positioned because of the community, the deep sort of ties that they have with their community. And as you had mentioned, what Brookline Bank was able to do during the pandemic, even from things like going to someone's house and picking up a deposit or picking up a transaction. So that's the level of attention that uh, I believe that the the bank has been uh, already employing. Uh, So I think that that's primarily the most important thing is just having those relationships and getting to know the customers so that you can um, notice when something is, is out of line with perhaps what that customer's behavior has normally been. 
but I think, you know, in Massachusetts that there are some sort of top, there are some trends and some top kinds of scams and uh, uh, fraud uh, types in Massachusetts. And we know that there's about $25.7 million lost in fraud in Massachusetts. So that's quite a lot for this state alone, though we do rank 29th um, in the country. So, you know, there's all kinds of things like imposter scams that I think that probably people are very well aware of. Um, identity theft is number two. So imposter scams are one, identity theft is number two. Um, online shopping is, is three, uh, telephone and mobile service scams. And then at, at the very last is actually banks and lenders. So those are some of the, 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 those are sort of the top six, I guess, in Massachusetts. So yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, it's really just, it's just having that level of attention to notice when someone's behavior is different. Um, and I know you have a lot in place already at the bank uh, that triggers your, you know, that flag certain transactions and uh, then go back to that customer and say, this is what we've noticed. Did you mean to charge this? Did you mean to do this? So I think that honestly, that's really the, the foundation. But fraud is a very big issue in Massachusetts and people are losing millions of dollars, you know, in total. Just amazing to me, and uh, I, I know I don't talk to anybody on anything unless I really know who they are. If they're calling me about, we need your date of birth, we need your social security number, and all that stuff. But, but Leslie, if, if one of your older customers or their family members suspects there's something funny going on, could be some fraudulent activity going on with their accounts, what should they do? The first thing they should do is they need to bring the concern to our attention. And then really, depending on the situation, we may engage the assistance of the local police or report our suspicions to the state's elder abuse line. And it's really important that no one is embarrassed or ashamed um, if they are a victim. We have helped, you know, we are here to help them and time is of the essence. And the faster we are alerted, the higher the probability uh, that we'll be able to recover funds. I gotta tell you, these, these fraudsters, they're, um, they're, the way they, they engineer our clients is amazing. Uh, one of the big scams that's out there is called the grandparent scam. And they'll call uh, and, and they'll, they'll say, grandma, they, they, they disguise their voice. They're crying. They're like hysterical on the other end of the line. And of course, like any grandparent, they want to do whatever they can to, to help their uh, grandchild. So, but they're always like, don't tell mom and dad. And so they're, they're really good about, you know, isolating them, just help, you know, help me. And, uh, and I'll tell you, sometimes these fraudsters, you know, with other scams, they're, they're so good. They, they make the people walk into the branch and they keep them, they say, put the cell phone in your pocket and keep it um, turned on, on speaker so they can hear everything that the bank's saying. It is really amazing how they engineer them or scare them, um, you know, whether they owe the IRS money and we're going to, or we're going to shut your power off. It's, it's really, it's really horrific what they do. And it's, it's maddening to us. And the training 
that Andrea did with the team, you know, talking about, you know, watching um, their mannerisms, listening to what they have to say, you know, it bring them into a room, uh, close the door, kind of shut out all the noise. These things have really helped us uh, communicate and save money. Uh, a lot of times recover money, but what you always want to do is stop it before the money gets out the door because it is hard to recoup it. Of course, it's amazing what goes on out there. Obviously, these scammers are making money, so that's why they continue to do it. It's it's just it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. But you know, talking about the term you know, age friendly, Andrea. And, you know, uh, we want to know, what does that mean? And how does Boston Age Strong Commission work to make the city a more age-friendly place for older adults? Our commission is, is really involved in so many things. Um, from, uh, we have a, a set of constituent uh, services. We have a whole staff that, um, a unit that is dedicated to constituent services, everything from health insurance to SNAP benefits to any sort of neighborhood issues or issues with other city departments. We have a communications team that puts out a magazine with incredibly uh, important information for people, including information about scams and frauds. We have a nutrition department that oversees Meals on Wheels. We have a housing unit because housing is obviously one of the most foundational needs of an individual. So we have a very active housing unit. And then my particular unit is really looking at the services, the structures, the policies, and the protocols that allow people to age well and to age to thrive, not only survive, but to thrive here in the city of Boston. And so we've done a lot of things. And one of the you know major things has been this training. Uh, we have an age and dementia friendly business certification of which the bank participated in. We have invested in uh, benches throughout the city to allow people to have the independence to go from uh, you know place to place and participate in their, in their neighborhood. We've done a series of cooking classes. We've looked at things like increasing the uh, amount you can work off of your property tax we have done a civic academy to teach people about uh, civic engagement. So just really looking at all of the different things that are in place at the city, what need, what has been working, what are the strengths of Boston as, an, as a city for older residents, and what are some of the weaknesses and addressing those weaknesses. And so Age Friendly really comes out of the World Health Organization, and they helped um, people to kind of look at their cities and assess and then, you know, figure out what needs to change in order to prepare for this um, increase in the older adult population that is happening worldwide. Well, I, I think it's true in Boston. We always think about the colleges and universities and the influx of the young people, but there, there's a lot of people who are, you know, older, aging, and they want to be around everything. They want to be around all the hospitals and the cultural institutions and the, you know, of course, the, of course, the healthcare and everything that makes the city such a vibrant place. And I think that that's why, you know, businesses like Brookline Bank too pay attention to that as well. And Leslie, Brookline has, Bank has done a lot to accommodate older clients. And can you describe some of the things that you provide for them that that help them manage their banking needs? There's another thing that we have, Brookline Bank has made IRA available uh, for free in all of our locations. And this is a service that provides step-by-step -step guidance for visually impaired customers through the use of a smartphone. 
that was one. Uh, our ATMs are both braille and speech mode. And all of our lobbies are handicap accessible. And that's from entering our lobbies to using our check writing stands or accessing our teleservices. So if you come in, uh, you know, the check writing stands are at different levels. We always have a telestation that's at a lower level. Um, and we also have a dedicated team of phone center colleagues who assist our customers with both account uh, and technical assistance with mobile and online banking. Because one of the things we learned going through the pandemic is that we had this huge population of clients that never used mobile and online banking. So they, they wanted to use it. And I'll be honest with you, there were times when our colleagues were on the phone for an hour and a half walking our clients through how to set it up and helping them step by step. But I would say, I think one of the greatest things about that is now I think our customers uh, are so much more informed on a daily basis of where their balance is, what's, what's cleared their account, uh, something doesn't look right. So they're picking the phone up and having a conversation uh, with us. So although we have this channel, uh, they still use the channel of picking the phone up and having conversations with the colleagues. So we've done a number of things. Um, to, to assist our clients. And every day we learn something new and you try to make an adjustment to figure out, okay, what can we do next to continue the progress and make things easier for our clients? Um, not just easier, but also, you know, giving them the security and the peace of mind of knowing, okay, I can do my banking this way and, and everything's going to be okay, but I still have people I can reach out to trusted advisors at the bank. Well, it really seems like there are a ton of resources at Brookline Bank and a ton of resources too in the city. Andrea, how do people find out more about Boston Age Strong Commission, all the programs you have to offer? So we're, we, we have a wonderful website and that's uh, boston.gov forward slash age strong commission. I believe it's age strong commission. And uh, the best way honestly is just to call our main number too, to be connected. We have a, a wonderful program that's beginning very soon called money smarts. And there is a component in it, an aspect of it about fraud. And so people can request a, a workshop and a training. So if, if, if uh, that's something that you know, even patrons of the bank that that management sees might might need that training. It's a money smarts training. That's fantastic. But I would say calling our main number 617-635-4366 is the best way to connect with a variety of, um, you know, departments and units that that are helping uh, older adults in a variety of ways. And, you know, just to go back to what, you know, a little bit more about what Leslie was saying is that the banks play such a significant role because of the level of social isolation, frankly, that we're seeing in Boston and in throughout Massachusetts and throughout the country and beyond. And that is partially why older adults are so vulnerable to these, these frauds and scams is that, first of all, they do answer the phone. You know, they um, uh, tend to be quite trusting. They might be, they might be very socially isolated. They might be experiencing cognitive decline. They may have experienced loss in their lives, which has led them to, uh, their, that increases their vulnerability because of that trauma. And so, 
So the banks play a very significant role in that many people still want to go to the bank. They want to go because it's social, because it's certainly what they've done before and know how to do it. And it's wonderful that so many more people are becoming literate, digitally literate and going online and all the efforts that are being made to get them online, because that's a very important, you know, skill to have. I think that probably people will still want to go into the bank because of the, the community, the support that actually is provided that people can get there. So I think it's really important to just stress that, that, that um, the vulnerability of older adults can really be lessened by these, by these settings, bank setting and a community setting with, with people that are paying attention has, can really help a lot. So I just, I just wanted to, to say that. Yeah. No, and I think in Brookline Bank has really done that, gone the extra mile in that regard. And as Leslie said, too, that's great. And new people coming on board will also get that training so we can be assured that it will continue. <laughs> Leslie and Andrea, thank you so much for joining me for this discussion on such an important topic. And see you next time on OA On Air. Thank you so much for having thank us. Thank you. Andrea.